Welcome to the Two Point Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Schwartz. I'm Zach Oliveira. Before we get into this podcast, first of all, thank you guys for listening and supporting to episode one. Uh, we love the feedback of everything that came with it. A lot of positive support. Um, we also would like to apologize for the delay on this one. Just, you know, way of life and hiccups of trying something new. For sure. It's, uh, it's growing pains, but you know what? We'll get there. That's how we roll at the 2PC. Just to start us off here, I got a little pop culture question for you there, Chase. All right, let's hear this. All right. So, game on the line. Two minutes left. You need a touchdown. Okay. I'm giving you two quarterbacks. Let me know who would you choose for this situation. Okay. You've got, for the Miami Sharks, (laughs) Willie Beeman, (laughs) any given Sunday. Or... Mean Machines, Paul Crew, quarterback from the Longest Yard, the 2005 version. Who do you got? I'm going with Paul Wrecking Crew. Oh, um, going with the point shaver. I know, but you know, Nelly and Michael Irving. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so you're going. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the weapons around him. Like, okay, Willie. <laughs> Willie, Willie on that fourth long, man, might look like he's sweating a little bit out there. So uh... what I like about this question is that both guys won the game. Spoiler alert <laughs> on, on a QB sneak. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Willie on this one. I like the poise. I like the shake and bake factor. And you know what? Just pukes it out in the huddle and he gets right back in there. <laughs> Zach, so what, was your, what was your initial reaction to any given Sunday when the eyeball was on the field? <laughs> Oh, oh, dude, that was weird. <laughs> that was just weird. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because when you talk about that movie, the first thing you think of, I, no, but the first thing you think of is Al Pacino's speech, which in hindsight has nothing really to do with the movie. <laughs> I mean, it's a great motivational speech, but you have nothing else to do. Maybe we'll do this for next week. Maybe we'll do a ranking for speeches. Oh, top actually, five, top four, top four, top five. Um, but uh, I, I love this question. Uh, well, we're going to probably throw this up on the Instagram, maybe get some feedback on that, see what other people think about this. Uh, yeah, I'm going Willie Beeman, man. Jamie knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, but he let that spotlight get to his head too, though. Don't forget that. <laughs> hey, don't knock Ray Charles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get right into this. Let's, let's get, get right into this. To All right. Where do you want to go, Zach? Let's start with the NBA. Okay. Uh, a trade deadline happened last week. Yes, let's, it did. let's touch upon this. I want to get your thoughts and feedbacks here. Who are the winners and losers on your side? Let's, let's start with the winners. So I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. I understand that the trade deadline wasn't necessarily that beneficial to them, but the things that occurred after were signing the Marcus Aldridge to that team to solidify that power forward position as if they didn't do that enough with Blake, Blake Griffin addition you know, 40 plus all-star appearances on that roster. James Harden playing out of his mind. Absolutely. Uh, You could almost wrap up the East for this and, you know, send Brooklyn right in. (laughs) And honestly, this is Kyrie shooting LeBron the fade. This is B from Cleveland from when he left. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Look, Brooklyn is a tough team to contend with. I don't know. Who's going to make them sweat in the East? I mean, even yeah. their clo- closest competition ain't that close. So, uh, yeah, I got the Brooklyn Nets as, Nets as 
winner one. Yeah. What you uh, got, buddy? That's a good one. I'm going to stick in the East as well. I'm going to go with the team that has been, well, they underperformed at the beginning of the season. Then they started to overperform and probably play the best basketball that they were playing up until the all-star break. Now they've kind of hit a little bit of a down slope. I'm expecting them to pick it back up, but it's the Miami Heat. Uh-huh. I like that. I like what they did. Uh, they didn't overpay for Kyle Lowry. He's 35 years old. I get it. The pedigree is there. Um, I think he probably would have been a big addition to that team. However, not parting with Tyler Hero was huge. Absolutely. You need to keep a guy like that, especially a good young prospect who has a lot of upside. He's going to be able to continue building for the future and and not giving up him, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. I think that's a big positive. I have a question for you before we um, continue yep. on with this. Has Danny Ainge ever lost a trade? <laughs> not Danny Ainge, sorry, Pat Riley. Oh, has Pat Riley ever lost has a trade? Has Pat Riley ever lost a trade? <laughs> I don't think so. And that's where my next point is going. Getting Oladipo for nothing was ridiculous. That was insane. That was a robbery. Avery Bradley, Kelly Olnick, they're replaceable. Um, I get that they bring some elements of the game, but what Oladipo can give you night in and night out, especially going into the playoffs, 10 times better. He provides scoring. I think he's averaging 20.8 points per game. And the lockdown defense going into the playoffs, can't, can't argue with that. Plus, I think the biggest benefit of all this, especially for Oladipo, um, he really wanted to go to Miami. So by trading for him, they have all this time now to work out a, a long-term deal with them. I, I like this fit, to be honest. That's actually a really great pick. And um, speaking of players that got what they wanted out of these situations, uh, I'm going to go to another player <clears throat> who got what he wanted in getting out of a team, which was um, Aaron Gordon. Aaron AG. Gordon, AG, man. Decided to go uh, to the Rocky Hills. Aaron Gordon's averaging close to 15 points a game, 6.6 boards, 4.2 assists. You know, you can't really replicate what he's done for the Orlando Magic this season. Right. Um, And another big thing for the Orlando Magic on this is he's two years into a four-year $80 million contract. Yeah. Um, The upside for him is, you know, getting – paired with Jokic and Murray, I think that should prove to be a very interesting combo. And at this point, you want teams that can give as much trouble to the Lakers and the Clippers. And I know the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns are sitting amongst the top of the West, especially while the Lakers continue to recover. But this was a very great buy for the Denver Nuggets and a great selection for Aaron Gordon and great pickup, a great piece of an addition for that playoff push. For sure. I think he's going to help them out, especially in a matchup situation going into the playoffs. And also I think it's going to alleviate some of the pressure off of Kevin Porter Jr. I think Kevin Porter Jr. was expected to be the third man on that team and it might be a little too premature for that. So him sliding into that four spot with AG, maybe sliding into that three spot, depending on, depending on the night, that could actually be a beneficial boost for Denver. I like that, man. Enough with the winners. Let's get to the real stuff. Who's who are the losers? Come on, oh, just tell us. I got 
I got another. I got another oh, winner though. Sorry, you got, got another one winner. More. Oh, you got one more winner. Tell us. I got one more winner, who's and I like this winner. Who's the and, Who's the other winner? And to be honest, it was my favorite deal out of all of trade deadline day. <laughs> I like the Chicago Bulls. Hey. I like getting Nikola Vucevic. I think he's a great player, two-time NBA All-Star, great rebounder. Um, I think he's averaging around 11 rebounds per game. Excellent free throw shooter at 83%. Those are big strengths for Chicago. I think it's going to help them out, especially on their playoff push. I know they're below 500 right now, but there's still a lot of time left. And the East, up until, what, five, six, it's pretty wide open. You can go four. It's up for grabs. Yeah, even four. Yeah, that's actually that's that's a good point. Um, he's one of the better role men at the pick and roll, which is going to really help Zach Levine out. He's also controllable. He's got three more years on that contract. My question to you, though, is with this move, Zach Levine, can he take that next step to being in that NBA superstar conversation? I think he can. I think the problem is that Zach Levine is one of those players that is kind of trapped in the box, much like Aaron Gordon. You know, you look back to those all-star dunk competitions and like most players, um, you get classified as just a dunker. So now Mm -hmm. you have to continuously work your way out of that box and show like, oh no, I have this full well-rounded skill set that's much more applicable, but you know, the general public's going to continually be like, hey, you're just a guy who jumps high. And that's a terrible knock, especially if you look at what Zach Levine has done over the course of the last two seasons. And I feel that's why I feel for like him and Aaron Gordon specifically, because they're both in that same, like even the rematch didn't help them escape that box. It kind of is a double down. Sure. So um, I think Zach, the potential for Zach Levine to go into that all-star categories there um i don't think his all-star selection was a mistake mm-hmm. i just think that we've seen and we've seen the cap like we've seen the cap of what he can be for this season and we need to see more additions and we have to see the development of kobe white specifically i will say this but levine i was quite impressed how fast his three-point shooting percentage has gone up mm-hmm. throughout his career he's really taken a lot of uh, bounds and leaps to get to become a better three-point shooter and maybe in a year or two years he might be considered one of the more pro- prolific scorers in the league the success of the chicago bulls will definitely weigh on him it'll be surrounding him with the right pieces but i like billy donovan as as the coach there mm-hmm. it's definitely going to help him out i've got chicago i like chicago winning right now very underrated moves but like not saying they, they're going to be a favorite in the East. No, no, no. They, <laughs> All right. Just knocked Let's, Brooklyn right out of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I think they're just going to be an exciting team, though. Oh, for sure. Let's fast forward a little bit there. Let's let's get to the losers now. Come on. You could see how anxious I was to get to him before. Okay. Who, who, who's your first loser? My first loser? So back to this Lowry situation. I like Lowry. I think he could have fit in certain situations and he could have been a major impact on a specific team if he went there. And the one team that didn't get him that I think he would have made the most impact is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I think getting George Hill from OKC was a decent move. Um, He's dealt with injuries though this year. And uh, I don't think this move 
really separated themselves from the Nets, the Bucks, and even now I would even say the Heat. They needed to go all in, man. They needed Lowry. They needed um, solidity at that point guard position. Exactly. Besides, besides Simmons. Exactly. You know, having Lowry and Bede Simmons, Harris, that would have been a dangerous four. Plus, Doc's going to be Doc, right? Like, let Doc coach. Mm-hmm. That could have been a really dangerous team. And I'm not saying they would have upset the Nets, but I think they would have given them a little bit more trouble. The Sixers, I've noticed, though, over the last couple of years, they've really been missing that playoff experience to get them over the hump. And I think Lowry would have helped that. So I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't do anything. Fair enough, Chase. man. All right, Chase, what do you have here? Who's your loser? Who's your first big L? Well, just as much as Aaron Gordon won, the Orlando Magic lost. Oh, I agree with you on this one. They lost a lot of production. I understand. And I'm not saying that they're losers for a long-term picture. I'm saying they're losers for this year. They didn't get enough value back out of the trades that they made out of uh, Evan Fournier being out of there, um, Vuvacic, and... And Aaron Gordon, sorry. Um, the return was some younger players. I don't think that the capital they'll get in return from Al Farouk Amino is necessarily going to compromise that or Gary Harris Jr. With that, uh, they did get younger, but and I know they bought him out and he's probably going to the Bucks, but I don't get the Jeff Teague acquiring. Right. Um, a lot of head scratching. And for me, when it comes to the Orlando Magic, just to wrap this up like and keep it plain and simple, it's the same old song and dance. I mm-hmm. I don't really see anything changing. It's more of the same. It's been the same story since they pushed Tracy McGrady out. Yes, I'm going to go back that far. Uh, and and I know since then there's been the finals appearance and what have you, but right. I don't. No, I'm sorry. Orlando, you guys didn't do it for me this trade deadline. You guys were lackluster. And I do wish you guys the best going forward and you know to see development in that in that roster, but it also doesn't help when you made like the Sacramento Kings and put basically everybody else up for trade. Would you say that they haven't had a prolific superstar since Dwight Howard left? Oh, easily, easily, easily. Right. Um they they had a lot of big names to grab. I mean but even then, when you go from Dwight Howard and the next biggest name that probably comes to mind is either Serge Ibaka or uh, Terrence Ross, it's kind of like yeah. a fall off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, I, I don't agree with the Orlando Magic. I don't agree with this system. I don't know where they have to actually start, but probably start from the top and restructure the whole organization. I don't think they have a good young player to really build around and take that next step as the uh, future player. You know what I mean? Like the marquee. of a franchise. Exactly. Uh, Jonathan Isaac's good, but again, he's had some injuries. Cole Anthony is young, had injuries last year. Um, he wasn't a lottery pick, so I don't know how the expectations are with him. It doesn't mean anything, but at the same time, it's not like he was brought in there to win them a bunch of games right right markel fultz like time will tell but i can i i also think we've seen the ceiling on markel fultz i don't really think that there's going to be much more different from what he produces as a game so i mean i guess their best bet right now is tank it out maybe get Cade cunningham and hope for the best but even getting Cade, he's going to take a couple of years to develop yeah time's gonna be a little tough in disneyland and 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 who's going to mentor him (laughs) 
Mickey. Right. You're not wrong. Like, you're basically looking at picking up a probably picking up a vet in free agency and just like throwing the money at them to come to much. get him to come here. How many uh, vets are gonna want to do that? No, because all the vets now that have made their money want the ring. True. Like what I'm gonna come here to mentor young kids. That's that's part of the game, right? But I want my credit too. For sure. Yeah, no, it's a it's a tough place to be. I, I would not want to be an Orlando Magic fan right now. My, As a my, Laker uh, fan. My, my condolences to you. <laughs> yeah. As a Laker fan. <laughs> I don't like where this one's going. <laughs> well, as a Laker fan, oh. I'd like to throw my L for trade deadline to a team that we've had our clashes with over the years, some would say. I'd say they're called the Boston Celtics. Roll my C's sleeves up. up. Rolls my C's sleeves up for this one, man. <laughs> C's down right now. C's down right now. Huh? The fan base is starting to get impatient with Danny Ainge. I think it's at a boiling point. Evan Fournier looked terrible the other night. He looked god-awful. It's a respectable ad, but it's not going to make an impact. They missed out on Aaron Gordon. They missed out on Andre Drummond. They couldn't use the trade exemption from the Gordon Hayward deal. I don't see them getting out of the first round. And major changes need to happen. Does this bother you coming from a Laker fan? or Not as much as your last ring over us, but... Um... <laughs> No, I'm I'm complete. I'm right there with you, buddy. I mean, they've been lackluster. They didn't really address any position of need. It's almost getting to the point of, do we blow up the Tatum Brown uh, experiment? Yeah. Danny Ainge hasn't looked the same since that Paul Pierce trade. Essentially, that got them uh, Jason Tatum. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not very fun being a Celtics fan right now. Um, <laughs> We're in the middle of the pack. I know we've had very strong post-season appearances as yeah. of late, but uh, no, it's a li- been a little bit more difficult for us as of late. Again, like I would love to see the Celtics become a competitive force in the East year in and year out. I think it adds more to the NBA. It gives it more value. Um, it's almost like the Raiders being good, but like... <laughs> exactly. Actually, yeah. that's a great comparison. Yeah, I... I just would like to see another Lakers Celtics finals. I think that would be also entertaining. And it's a little bit, I don't know, disappointing that they haven't been able to make a big move. Realistically, who would you trade Jalen Brown for though? See, that's the issue. Like I can't really think of a suitable package, whatever they do, they need to address it by adding a big man for sure. You know, they're pretty sound at their guard positions as they always seem to be. The forwards are great, but uh, they need they need that presence. They they lost out by not getting Drummond or Lamarcus Aldridge or even Aaron Gordon. They didn't address the real positions of need. Like Evan Fournier is not going to be that big of a difference maker in my opinion. No. And yeah, no, it's just very a very lackluster trade. And you know, it was a little I was excited going into the trade deadline, and I was like, oh yo, we're gonna do something big. Today's the day. Today's the day. Today's the day. And then I was like. Lump of coal like Christmas, man. <laughs> I just want to throw out two names, though, quickly. Let's see. I just want to get a little bit of feedback from you. If Brown was to move for Carl Anthony Towns in a package or whatever. I'm- no, um, I'm going to shut that one down right now. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, and I just don't think he's built for the Celtics market. 
if that makes sense. It's not a very yeah. e- it's not a very easy market to play for. Like there's a lot of sports teams. Coincidentally, the sports teams I'm a, I'm a fan of. They're not very easy markets to play for for fan for for athletes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the no, I don't think Carl Anthony Towns blends well with the Boston Celtics plans. Yeah, I think the fan base would eat him alive, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, okay, what about Bradley Beal? I like Bradley Beal. Beal and Tatum. Oh, Matt, Beal and Tatum, though that's a hard. I would, I would be, I'd be for it. I know it still doesn't address the position of need, but I'm, here, I'd be here for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough though, like because I find getting a really talented big man, like even other a center or a power forward. It's hard to come by that in the league right now. Well, yeah, and you can tell that everybody that is impactful on that side of the ball, because as much as they went about to add Tristan Thompson in the offseason, that clearly isn't enough between him and Thice. But it's also not a big man's game anymore, unfortunately. Like we, no, we know yeah. we know the guards run it now, like more than anything. For sure. But it, I'm saying like Another guy, too, that I would kind of throw in there that I don't think I would trade him for Brown specifically, but a guy that if I was them going into next year, I would target would probably be like Sabonis from the Pacers. That would be a great addition, but it might be overload. I don't know. I mean, if we're moving Brown for that, yes, I can understand. No, I, I, oh, just I would straight try up? to keep Brown. Oh, just straight up. No, no, I would try to keep Brown if I was the Celtics and try to get Sabonis in. I don't know how it would work with the cap. I don't have their cap numbers in front of me, but that'd be something I would entertain. That'd be an interesting fit. I'm not going to deep dive into that one, but that'd be an interesting fit. Yeah. I just, just a name that I would throw out in there. Their small ball game would be insane. Then like, I, yeah. I, I don't ah. <laughs> but yeah. still more of the same issues towards the end. Fair enough. I got one more loser. Um, and this has nothing to do with me thinking of this player as a loser. This has to do with me being empathetic towards this player. Um, Lou Williams getting moved out of LA where he had his second resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, even in 2017, which isn't that long ago, won a sixth man of the year for the Clippers. It drained him to the point that he contemplated retirement and the only upside of him of this trade for him is he gets to go home to Atlanta. Lou, I know you're about to go wild at Magic City. <laughs> yeah, Magic City was the winner. Deadline. <laughs> every every um, every stripper that lost out on James Harden flying up to New York <laughs> is about to be happy that at least Lou's in Atlanta. But wings yeah, and things, wings and things, man. Uh, there's no real winning in this trade to me uh, because he is basically the same age as Rajon Rondo, if maybe mm. like off by a few months. And I don't know. I just, you know, I can be empathetic to players and my, in my fandom, I'm going to say that I feel for Lou Williams and, you know, sorry, bud, but you get the L on this one. Could you also say that the, that the Clippers took a bit of an L on this trade deadline? Easily. I mean, I like Rondo, but what he brings to this team is it that much of a difference than Lou Will? No, and I think that Lou Will is probably the more efficient three-point shooter. I, I get right. the, the size stature is probably the other benefactor to this. Yeah, so they just could have had Rondo in, in free agency. Yeah, right, and they would have had both. Right. 
it's a weird i don't know it was really weird i, I, I also feel for lube for the reason that like now he's coming off the bench backing up trey yeah yeah that's not good <laughs> but it's, it's different when the transition's like because they're not the same player and like it is a little bit of a fall off trade to lou as opposed from pat beverly to lou i do think that lou could actually help trey out though oh absolutely i mean he's probably the best one of the better mentors that trey could ask for yeah we'll see what happens with them going forward i mean I, ho- I i hope to be proven wrong i hope that lou you know gets a third resurgence with this move it's kind of interesting that the clippers have lost so many guys between when they got Kawhi and pg 10 now harold's gone williams gone I don't know. There were some big pieces that I thought would be there long-term that just haven't worked out. I'm, I'm going to ask you a certain narrative. How many of the Clippers that have lost, how many of them do you think probably hate Paul George? <laughs> oh, quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I, don't I mean, up, Paul to, George... up, up to this season, because I can, I can see why players would like him now, but like the last two years have been a struggle. So I think he's demanding in terms of, I think he thinks of himself as a top tier NBA superstar Mm -hmm. and he's not that. And because of that, it rubs his other teammates the wrong way because he gets treated like that with all those. I don't know if this is true or not, but allegedly through all of these reports that were coming out, um, he was missing practices, taking, you know, taking himself out. um, What is it there? Games. Yeah. Uh, uh, Load management. Oh yes, yes, that's yeah, right. Load management. I don't know. I th- I think he. I think his ego kind of got the best of them the last two years. I hope it's been put into check, but I don't even know. I mean, he comes back and he says how great he's been and everything, and then he's whining and complaining because there wasn't enough fouls called on his team. You know, what I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Never would have happened under Doc Rivers. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Doc probably has a bit of a distaste for him too and listen like doc lived through the chris paul blake griffin beef <laughs> and all of a sudden to be sent out of town because or left be like i'm leaving because paul george you know can't shoot the three well <laughs> right or couldn't sorry <laughs> yeah couldn't, exactly couldn't, couldn't couldn't let me yeah. let me speak in the past tense but uh no there's um a lot of lot of question marks around that team too, especially time is closing in and they need to capitalize on something now because the Lakers are weekend. This and if anybody wants to strike and like establish himself, the, the moment is now because there's there's only so much longer that LeBron and Anthony Davis will be out before they're like, oh, playoffs. Oh, guess what? Even if we just skate in, we'll be right there. It's fine. Right. The crazy part is too. People forget that Kawhi has an option. Oh, I think he opts out. I, 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 I maybe a little bit of money on that, but okay, okay, maybe a little bit of money on that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a weird situation, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Laker fan, but oh yeah, you want to see it, them fall apart? <laughs> but I love it, sure. But at the same mm-hmm. time, too, like just as a basketball fan take my bias out it's a bit strange what's going on over there absolutely speaking about strange and what's <laughs> going on in a certain place nets championship wrap or no give them the chip this isn't even a like who's gonna match up with them hold on 
We discussed earlier that there's the 40 all-star appearances. I get it. Okay. Blake Griffin's not the Blake Griffin of the Clippers, but, you know, he he's dunked twice since he's been he's, there. He's still Blake Griffin. <laughs> he, he, caught, he caught an alley-oop and he threw it down game one. And that was like his first dunk in two years. Right. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge is still a threat. I don't really need to speak about James Harden because the man's oh. been an MVP. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I got something for you here. I don't really want to speak about James Harden too much because James Harden has been in the MVP conversation for about what the last five years, at least. What were you going to say though? Now I'm very curious of this. Every time I think of James Harden right now, it's live for Bedford Stuyvesant, the liveest one, <laughs> representing BK to the fullest. Yeah, he is unbelievable right now. And I I was not a big fan of James Harden previously, <laughs> but what he has been doing is phenomenal. If, I, I give him full props. If this James shows up in the playoffs, like it's going to be a lot, a quick sweep for a lot of teams. <laughs> no KD. No Kyrie, no doesn't even matter. <laughs> no problem. Points, eleven rebounds, thirteen assists against the Timberwolves the other night. Guys on fire. And when they're all back and healthy, like it's it's a long day. It's a long day for a lot of people. <laughs> Absolutely. Hot take: Kevin Hot Durant take. should win GM of the year. <laughs> uh yeah, but he's gonna vote for himself from his Twitter burner, but. <laughs> Yeah, him and rap right now are going at it right now. <laughs> him and Rappaport are going at it. Yeah, of course, because Rappaport is a Knicks fan. Rappaport still hasn't gotten over what Mike did to Ewing. So, <laughs> oh. if you guys don't know about what Michael Jordan did to Patrick Ewing, just use your Googles. I think they're the clear favorite right now. <laughs> Anything else is a failure. Uh, yeah, it's underachieving and they. You know what? I almost believe that they'll sign all of these players back to like one year vet minimums again. Potentially. Man. And, run, just, and run the table, man. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Um, if they win, though, is there an asterisk beside these guys' names? No, because I didn't put an asterisk next to the Warriors when they won and they had Kevin Durant. I wouldn't I agree put with one on next one. to, I didn't put one next to the Celtics and I didn't put one next to the Lakers when they had that roster of Pau Gasol and. Right. Meta World Peace and Lamar Odom, like, no, it's fair and square. There's no need exactly. for an asterisk. We just signed and our roster is deeper and more talented and good luck to the rest of you. Hey, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. You got to keep the heat, you know what I mean? There you go. Um, I agree with you on this one. There's no asterisks for me. I uh, have expected you to be like, be like LeBron and leave the heat, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> just force them out of the league. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I don't see anything wrong with this. If you, you can't beat them, join them, right? Um, I hate when people say that there's an asterisk right next to the Raptors championship win. It right. drives me insane. Right. Oh, if Golden State had X, they would have won. Oh, if this happened. No, it's that's, happened. It's done. The Raps won. That's like saying if it. you... That's like saying if you had all the right numbers on the lottery ticket last week, you'd be rich. Like it, right, doesn't, exactly. it doesn't make sense. So no. why why would I put an asterisk next to a roster that, you know, and a GM that decided and who has shown in the past that I'll just stack the chips and run the table with whatever I can. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a terrible take as far as I'm concerned. That should almost be like, that should be tossed. That That's a fade. Yeah, exactly. That that's, a, a that's, that's a huge That's a fade. That's a fade. 
if he gets a chip though, James Harden, where would you put him? Um, I don't think a lot of people realize the statistical numbers that James Harden has carried throughout his career. I would put him top five at his position. That's a fair assessment. I, w- I would put him top five at his position. Top 20 in the league currently. Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, easy, easy dub. Easy question. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm going with that one. Just because who who does that? <laughs> who, no, who, who, who dominates like this for year in, year out? And like, I understand like, oh, he disappears in the playoffs, but okay. But you would too, if you just finished carrying your roster to the Western Conference Finals and now you have to play against the Warriors. <laughs> the guy missed training camp, comes in with a gut and still dominates. I haven't seen that since Maradona in soccer. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. No, uh, James, James, people need to put some respect on James' names. and Absolutely. Whenever COVID's over, James Harden's going to have the strip club popping in New York. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. All those are flying for sure. Right um, back to turkey leg in Houston right after he wins, too. <laughs> but it's all okay. All it is right now, NBA championship. Yeah. It's just Space Jam 3, LeBron versus the Monsters. It's going to be okay. Lakers in six. Space Jam 2. <laughs> oh, no, no. Because oh, you will be you're, out you're, by you're then. Talk, you're talking about the next one. You're talking about the next one. Yeah. <laughs> they gotta film it we need wait, like a netflix wait. brooklyn's the monsters oh absolutely <laughs> okay zach all right all right all right <laughs> pardon my bias but there's some bias on this on this pod <laughs> listen we haven't even gone to the bias yet but we'll, we'll save that for the for a future segment <laughs> coming right around the corner yeah actually pretty close in the NFL, let's start first with the rank three wide receivers and one tight end in the draft. So right now there's four, I guess, pass catchers, we could say, right. that should go high in the draft right now. Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, all four guys. I mean, we could argue all day about where they should fall, and that's what we're actually going to do. <laughs> Chase... <laughs> Who do you have in order uh, of your preference, I would say? Before, with your little Celtics comment there, you you hurt my feelings. But you know what they say, sticks and stones may break bones, but Kyle Pitts will kill you quicker. That's who I got number one. Ooh. That's who I got for number one, man. I think Kyle Pitts is a dominating force that will be coming into the league. Um, there's a reason that he ranked, Amongst tight ends, number one since 2014 with 25 contested catches. There's not much to say except that he made every SEC defender against him look childish almost. Pretty much. And, That's a good assessment. And, and for those of you who don't know about the SEC, these are basically the pro-ready athletes. Right. So when the number one corner who's projected to go like right behind Kyle Pitts is struggling... <laughs> It commands attention. For sure. My uh, second pick, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I like Uh, that pick. I think he is a very dominating force. I think that we just forget because he hasn't played in a year. He opted out due to COVID, which makes perfect sense. Um, And there's a certain, there has to be a reason like 
there's something to this game. The only comparison that I've heard to this player is a really fast Anquan Bolden. He's big, he's nasty, he gets aggressive with the ball, and he can take it to the house if you let him have that chance. My third pick is Devontae Smith. Mr. Heisman. Mr. Heisman, man. Um, I don't really have much to say. I think that that award has said all it has to say for that pick. I only put him there because I do think the upside and the ceiling of Pitts and Chase are higher. Okay. My final one, obviously, Jalen Waddle. And the only reason for him as well is that injury concern that I have for him coming into this draft because it's not it's not a nothing injury i mean you always have to be concerned with the hip i mean we've seen what the hip how the hip injuries hindered odell but you know i want to put some respect on his name because there's not many players that you'll see going forward that are compared to tyreek hill so we know the speed we know he can be big aggressive nasty when he has to be but uh yeah i'm going pitts chase Devonte smith and waddle Zach, what do you got for me, bud? I like that because my order is completely different. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, you did make some really great points, though, uh, especially about Kyle Pitts. To me, you can kind of flip-flop Kyle Pitts and Chase around, and then the other two guys, you can kind of flip-flop them in the second tier, in a sense. Um, I got Jamar Chase as my number one. Okay. He's your prototypical receiver, quick release into pass routes, uses his frame very well. His speed, both laterally and in a straight line, is insane, especially for a guy his size. He also made Joe Burrow look better in his final year at LSU. I got Chase number one. Pitts, I have him as my number two. I like what you said. I agree with what you said. However, for me, um, tight ends seem to struggle to adapt in the league right away. It doesn't always pan out right away. And if I'm going to be drafting a high a high receiver or tight end, I would take the guy who I think can make more of an impact right away. That's why I'm going with Jamar Chase on this one. Fair enough. Uh, Waddle is my number three. He's a multi-dimension receiver, can line up anywhere on the field. He's got a lot of speed. The reason why I don't have him, though, over Pitts or Chase is a lot of people keep comparing him to Tyreek Hill, which to me is very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I said compared to Tyreek Hill. I didn't say he is Tyreek Hill. Exactly. <laughs> I get that Tyreek Hill comparison thrown around each draft year. It seems like everybody's always getting compared to him, especially when you have a fast 40 time. Um, it's just for Waddle, though, I, I think he's more of a gadget receiver and you can still have a good career. Lastly, I'm going to go with Mr. Heisman. And Honestly, I, I struggled with this one because I do like the receiver and I, I do think he's a top 15 pick. If he falls in the draft, I think a team is very lucky to grab the guy. However, as much as he's a great route runner and there's the quick release, I'm still a bit concerned about the frame. He's 170 pounds soaking wet. I'm scared he's going to get killed going over the middle. Um, again, love the player, but in terms of ceiling versus floor i think he offers the most floor out of these three guys just to add to that just to add to that notion um somebody came into Devontae smith's defense last week when when they were talking about the size and that was none other than chad ochocinco 
Okay. And was like, listen, man, I played at a buck 70 when I came in the league. Didn't hurt me. Again, that's. Then again, not many players are going to try to run into Ray Lewis and <laughs> look like right. they caught a concussion, right? But no, but not only that, like, I like Ocho too, but how many Ochos are there? One. Exactly. O- only one. Again, though, I'm not knocking on the player. I still think he's going to be a, a really good receiver. And to be honest, you can even make an argument that he might be the most productive if he falls later in the draft because the chances are you're going to a better team. Absolutely. With that being said, actually, here's a great question for you. Who's landing where? Where do you think these player, players would thrive? Ooh, okay. Be- so best fit for each guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jamar Chase. I'm going to go Cincy. I know Joe Burrow has been advocating to get him there. Uh, I I struggled with this one because they could go offensive line on this one and protect their valuable asset. Mm-hmm. However, it's the Cincinnati Bengals, and they're going to listen to them because that's just the way they are. I'm going with Jamar Chase, going to Cincy. I like Pitts going to Miami. I think he Ooh. would. Yeah, I like that. Two tight end set, Pitts and uh, Gusecki. Exactly. Don't forget, Flores used to be under Belichick. They love running that two tight end system. Absolutely. Plus, Pitts can kind of line up everywhere. Imagine, imagine that guy could probably create separation on a one-on-one matchup just because teams are going to be scared of Fuller. Yep. Yep. You got your, you got your intermediate guy now. I mean, and I'm saying intermediate, but also remember unofficially because tomorrow is his pro day. Uh, Kyle Pitts ran a four, four, six, 40. Jesus. Yeah. At, so there you go. At, at six, six, two forty, that's a problem for right. the defense. And imagine that truck coming down. It's going to create a lot of problems in the AFC. Yeah. Um, Jalen Waddle. I like Detroit on this one. I think Goff needs a receiver. He lost Galladay. Oh, and Marvin Jones, to be honest. And Marvin he lost then. both weapons. Yeah, I like Waddle there. I think he'd actually do really well there. And then Devontae Smith. Okay, this one. Get ready for this. Oh. I got him going to the Eagles. Oh. Yeah, I like hey. him. Jalen Hurts and him. I think they know each other. They, they still talk. <laughs> They're talking familiarity. about familiarity. Yeah, That's yeah, never yeah, a bad yeah. thing. Listen, man, uh, that would be a great connection. Um, I've said this to you before off Mike, where I feel like that's the reason the Eagles drafted Draylon Rager because there might be the same receiver, but the more I think about it, the more Devonte Smith might be a better fit there than um, Jalen Waddle because mm-hmm. that would be actually like, the exact same copy paste, but you know, we're going to see where the cards fall as they may. Plus I also liked how Sirianni used Pittman last year. Yes. And now I'm not comparing the two players. They're, they're playing styles a little bit different. Right. Um, Pittman's more of a slant over the middle catch and then pick up yards with his feet. Um, but I like how patient he was and picking the right plays for Pittman. And I think that could also help Devontae Smith kind of round his game his first year as an Eagle. I, I would have to concur. Listen, side note, I'm really excited to see what Sirianni does as a former receiver. And I'm going to get to the Eagles when we get to a part of my bias <laughs> chance. I'm not going to start yet. No, 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 no. All right. So who do you got as the best fit so far for each guy? Okay. So I'm going to keep this really short and sweet. 
like first it. of all, I, I agree with you with Jamar Chase to Miami. I mean, to, um, sorry, Cincinnati. Perfect. Um, I think reuniting him and Joe Barrow will spark that offense. And it just kind of makes sense. I mean, AJ Green's out of there. Yes, they have Tyler Boyd and but T. Higgins. T. Higgins, but that is going to become a nightmare receiving core. And in a conference, especially where, you know, the Ravens thrive in their secondary, you need to take advantage of this. The, the Cleveland Browns are only stocking up their secondary by adding John Johnson as last week. But um, no, Jamar Chase is probably the best fit to go back with his former quarterback in Joe Burrow. You can also get an offensive lineman in the second round early. Oh, absolutely. Because this, there's plenty of depth, like at the offensive lineman at corner and at wide receiver in this draft, there's plenty of options. Like you're never going to be stuck for sure. Um, As for Kyle Pitts. um, Now this is obviously depending on what happens with Zach Ertz, but I have him going to Philly and I would only make sense if he could fall down to 12, which I know is asking a lot. I got terrified today when I saw somebody did a mock draft of the Giants taking him, and I was like, "Great, just another, just another problem to deal with." But um, no, Kyle Pitts to Philly makes the most sense. Uh, we love using the two tight end set over there. Uh, Ertz wants out, so why not just you know take somebody who's possibly a generational talent on a you know fairly cheap deal while. Goddard continues to ascend and we tr- continue to see the ceiling of that. Um, Detroit, I have Jalen Waddle. Detroit, I have Jalen Waddle. Uh, the, the, that compensation needs, that production needs to be matched. Um, I don't think you just necessarily can replace Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr., but I think Jalen Waddle can definitely help. And last but not least, and this is only if this happens to fall this way and this team doesn't do something that I have an inkling that they're going to do going forward, but we're going to get to that too. Is um, it the Eagles? No, I have Devontae Smith going to the New England Patriots. With Bill? With Bill. I think that, listen. That's a I, gift. Let, let, me, let me tell you guys something. I have had Nelson Aguilar through the highs and lows. <laughs> Catching babies. I, 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 yeah, exactly. Right. Unlike Aguilar, but listen, man, Bill with that switchblade of a receiver and whatever he chooses to do at quarterback, absolute nightmare. Um, and I know it's probably the unpopular opinion, but I think they need a little bit more reliability at wide receiver. And I think Devontae Smith is that guy to fall there. Yeah, that's it. That'd be a gift for New England yeah. if he went there. Cam might have a resurgence. <laughs> oh, man. The amount of formations that Bill could throw out would confuse the hell out of so many defenses. <laughs> oh, man. A Devontae Smith screen with overloaded oh. overloaded on the side, same side, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. and like. Don't forget, oh they also have Kevin God. Bourne. Kendrick, yes. Oh, it's Kendrick Bourne. Excuse yes, me. yes, yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, that and yeah, that there you go. There becomes your red zone target. Like it's it's not a fair matchup. You have Devontae Smith may not even be the biggest guy, but he has such a long stride in his run that it won't be fair for defenses. 
what do you think they do with Nikhil Harry if that was the case? Deal him. I, I mean, I don't think Nikhil Harry has necessarily justified that draft pick yet. Um, and I think that Devontae Smith, without having played a snap in the league, could be an upgrade. I understand what Nikhil Harry did in college, but it's not translating to the system. And like I said last week in episode one, man, sometimes if you're not the player for the system or you're not that player for that role, like only time will tell. And I think we've seen the cap on what uh, Nikhil Harry could be in New England. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's touch on this big trade Friday. Oh, and when I mean big trade, I mean the two big trades. I don't want to get into the moving picks and where everything's going. Let's just go straight at it. Let's go with you. You want to go San Fran first since they were the the initiators, the initiators of all this, the bullies. (laughs) So basically, San Fran moved a bunch of picks to get up to number three. They let, they let go of three first picks, first round picks. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, the semantics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's start with San Fran. Let's start with San Fran. Uh, okay. So somebody told me this once, and that's Kyle Shanahan's favorite QB is always his next one. Yep. Um, you know he's going to get his guy. I understand that some people are going to look at this and be like, oh, well, if you draft a quarterback high, you have to use him. But I think history has shown the opposite of that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw Patrick Mahomes go in the top 10 and sit out till game 16. And then we all started to see the magic that was Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, But no, I really do think that this is a huge sign upsell for the 49ers. And I'm going to say it I, after watching his pro day, and I'm pretty sure you share my sentiments with this. I think they're going to go after Justin Fields and Mac Jones's smokescreen. Yes, I agree with you a hundred percent. Let's break this down, shall we? Okay. Everybody's Give him the science, talking. Zach. Give him the science. Yes, <laughs> yes, the science, the mad scientist. Okay. Everybody was freaking out over Twitter because John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both attended Alabama's pro day just to watch Mac Jones throw. Right. What people didn't understand right away and only found out afterwards is that Kyle Shanahan has watched Justin Fields throw for so long. Justin Fields is actually part of QB was actually part of QB collective, which is a quarterback school. Okay. Guess who runs that school? Mike Shanahan. Uh, <laughs> yes. Guess who comes Kyle. and helps him out at the school? Kyle, Kyle. Shanahan. Kyle, has Kyle Shanahan knows Justin Fields. He doesn't need to watch Justin Fields. He knows the player already from the ins and outs. I will say this. I think that him going there and creating that smoke, I think <laughs> they might be trying to get somebody to budge and somebody to – like. If Atlanta really likes Mac Jones, which I doubt they do, I think they're going to try to see if they could flip flop. Maybe that's what. Right. Maybe that's just a scenario that's that's there, or it's a complete like diversion just to mess with all these other teams. I don't know what's going on with Jimmy G. They had a press conference to state that he's their guy and that he, we talked to him and that he knows the situation. He wasn't happy about it, but. We're going to go into the season with him as the number one quarterback. Personally, 
I'm, I know what you said, but I'm the opposite. And if you're moving up in the draft, you're starting that quarterback. I, I think Jimmy G doesn't even last between now and, and start of the season. I don't think he's, he, he's even there for San Fran. Ooh. So uh, you think, you think Bill gets him again? I don't know if Bill gets him. That's, uh, I think the Texans might make a swing at him. Oh, that's, an, that's the dark horse. Oh, wait. So wait, what would the Texans get back in return? Uh, no, sorry. What would, what, would the Niners, what would the Niners? Yeah. That's, that I don't know. It would, I, I don't like what's Jimmy G's value. I don't think it's that high. Probably a, a third. third. A third. I mean, yeah. he, it's not that long ago. He was in the Super Bowl. The only thing that goes with him is the injury question. And he's not like, like I've said this to you, man. When you look, run the 2019 numbers of him and Kirk Cousins, they're the same guy. <laughs> exactly. So getting a Justin Fields, do you know how much that would change that offense? Plus but, he's also, he's also cheaper. He spent some money on the offensive line. It just fits the mold a lot better. But so there's also the fact that um, we know Kyle Shanahan has a type of quarterback that he likes. True. Um, you know, Matt Ryan was one. Um, Jimmy G is one. Kirk Cousins is one, as we've heard they were in pursuit of him before. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe they shell shock everybody and just actually take Mac Jones. But I don't. Uh, no, no, it's got to be. It's got to you. You got to go with Justin Fields. So here's my argument. Every time I f- I hear about um, this, like, well, Mac Jones is more parallel to Matt Ryan, to right. the uh, Jimmy G, and every- okay, I get that, and that's fine. But like, what people don't really, what people don't realize is, as quick as Justin Fields is, he's a pass first quarterback. He doesn't. He doesn't think run. He's very accurate. His one of his biggest knocks is he holds onto the ball too long, which is fixable. Right. Um, I. He I looked, think hey, he looked fit. great in play action uh, on those rollouts that just in his throat it and his pro day rolling out to throw. So that receiver didn't slow up. I know. Or, like even stretch out for that catch. That was right in the. It was basket. in the bucket. That's, that's between the numbers, man. Right in the bucket, man. Um, yeah, no, Justin Fields had a great pro day, and I really do think that, uh, yeah, he might he's probably going to end up being a 49er before it's all said and done. I think so. That's that's my hot take right now. Um, then it comes down to what does Atlanta do, and Atlanta could change the whole draft. So I know Kyle Pitts is the person I said was great for Philly. Um. I know I have a certain Falcons fan that has expressed to me his desire for them to draft um, Penny Swell. Oh, no, yeah. Pen- he wants Penny Swell. Oh, but, Swell. But I do think that um, Kyle Pitts will fall to the Atlanta Falcons, and then that will start the chain of effects that continues to affect the rest of the topic we're about to go into. Yeah, it's honestly, man, that's, that's something I – I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I, I really am. I love how we didn't even touch on Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's a fit. I don't think it's a fit. I also think that we we also do hinder Trey Lance a little bit just because of the fact that 
it's not his fault that he didn't get to play this year. He didn't opt out. It's just there was no season. Right. Um, at the end of the day, we're still talking about a guy who threw 42 touchdowns and zero picks. Um, but honestly, uh, he doesn't really seem like Kyle's type and he's gonna, like, he has some things to prove just because of where he played football. And it's the same thing that what happened with Carson Wentz at the beginning when he came in NDSU, um, university, sorry, North Dakota state university was, um, is going to be putting out these athletes. And I think that this is the fourth athlete that they've put out in a draft. Yeah. Fourth quarterback, I believe. Fourth quarterback, I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They are the Alabama Crimson Tide of Div 2. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. They just keep rolling guys out. Um, no, I listen. At the end of the day, I think the Niners do end up taking fields. And I think it ends up being a slam dunk home run for them he they need to do something because would you say seattle's done much to improve no i think seattle might actually be the weakest team of their division right now right um the rams just got stafford so they're going to need a quarterback to compete against absolutely against them and who's the other team that I'm, i'm slipping my mind in the division uh rams cardinals sorry and the Card- well, Cardinals have made some moves too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some very big moves. Some very impressive moves. I mean, adding JJ Watt, um, AJ right. Green. The only thing that they really have to do is probably shore up that secondary a little bit, and they're right back in there. But their so offense you, is no problem. So, do you think that Kyle Shanahan saw what the Cardinals did? He saw that they're getting Chandler Jones, and he saw that they're getting JJ Watt, and he was like. I don't think Jimmy G is the right quarterback for this coming season. No, I think that's why he had added um, Alex Mack and re-signed Trent Williams. And right. because you got to shore it up. I mean, no matter what happens, if Chandler Jones and um, JJ Watt are cycling to come after your quarterback, you got to make that decision then of how do I protect him? And in the case of Jimmy G, where we keep seeing the injury bug creep up, I mean, two times in three years, you 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 gotta start to be like, what do I want to do from here? I'm I'm excited to see what they do in the draft. Yeah. I just I really just like you though, I really think it's gonna be um Justin Fields. And who knows, between now and draft day, things are gonna change. There's gonna Absolutely. be more there's gonna be more smoke. Um I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that maybe Justin Fields might throw again too before the draft. I think the Niners have another workout plan for him already. Yeah. I also, just to note, the Jets GM was also there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, they're taking Zach Wilson. <laughs> I've I've seen all I've had to see on Friday. I've they're going Zach. There's only a couple, a handful of quarterbacks that can throw across their body the, with accuracy the way Zach Wilson did. Oh, I know one, or, Sam Darnold. Oh, correct. But did Sam Darnold throw a stripe with both of his feet off the ground? No, but he did it in a game. Touche. 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 You're right. <laughs> it wasn't a perfectly protected pocket with no pressure coming towards him. You're absolutely right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm not giving up on Sam just yet. Uh, but that's a discussion for another day. Yes. Uh, okay. So, Let's touch on Miami now, who went to number, who actually went to 12 and then back to six. 
because they traded with Philly. Yep. Miami at six. I'm. I think you and I are pretty much in agreement here. Uh, it's either offensive tackle or. You think it's offensive tackle or receiver? I think it's receiver. Right. I think that. Okay, so here's actually what I think. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take Jamar Chase, like I've said before, right. and like you've echoed to, or like you said as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're going to go actually go after Devontae Smith. I know I said the better fit for him is in New England right. before, but I do think that they're going to go after Devontae Smith. Skill set-wise, familiarity with Tua, even though he said his, I'd rather catch balls from Mac Jones and Tua Tagovailoa. Um I think Devontae Smith is, and I think that them knowing that that he's most likely going to fall to him triggered that, like, let's trade back up to six. I'll, I'll ex- expand upon that a little bit more going after because that's going to kind of jump ahead to the next team we're going to have to touch upon. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I do think that this was ultimately the play to sign Devont- to get draft Devontae Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm leaning towards receiver as well. I just mentioned offensive line because it seems that whoever they're targeting, they. You just wanted to give me the Kyle Shanahan smoke screen. <laughs> oh, pretty much. That's all it was. Um, no, for me, it's, it seems like whoever they were targeting wasn't high enough to take at three, but they were scared to lose. Like they, they were scared to move back all the way to 12 for this right. player. Right. So there's got to be, it's got to be somebody in a sweet spot. So either they're enamored with both receivers and they're hoping one gets taken so that they get the next guy, mm-hmm. or they really do have two players in mind that, or maybe one player in mind that they think can make a difference for them. Let me say this though I think Tua is going to be a lot better this year than people expect. I think he's going to have one year of learning the playbook, one year where the playbooks actually are like surrounded around his skill set and not just Brian Fitzpatrick's. Sure. Um, another, once again, I stress this all the time, but holding onto the ball was definitely in the pocket was definitely something that he struggled with. I think that's fixable. Uh, he's got better weapons too this year with, by getting fuller and Absolutely. maybe the next receiver too, whoever they get. Um yeah, I think Tua is going to make take a big step this year. I've um, this is very interesting that AFC East division how it's about to basically be a dog oh, yeah. fight like the whole way through, especially with that extra game. Oh yeah, um, the Jets are playing the Eagles that extra game. Um, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what just what we need to see the player that we wanted to draft that we can trade up for. Um, listen. Balls out. <laughs> um, Miami's in a very interesting position with this. Ultimately, the pick that was traded to them was traded from the Niners as their compensation pick for Robert Salah getting hired by the Jets. Right. Um I'm a little bit more surprised that they got that capital and then they were just like, Hey, let's, you know, let's expand on it um, and jump right back into six for the person we want. I think that they know that they can't get Jamar chase, but there may be a realistic shot at either Devonte Smith or Kyle Pitts. 
Yeah, man. This is just we just have to wait for the draft now. That's that's it. Just just to see our confirmations come through. I like that they also true. they they got a lot of draft picks too. Oh man. They still have two they have two picks for the next three years in the first round. Right. They have 18 2 in this draft. Jesus. Um, no, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, they have the 18th pick. Ah, this got year. it. Got it. Draft. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. 18 picks. What? <laughs> Who are you, Sam Presti? Uh, <laughs> Listen, um, if there's a GM that can get picks. <laughs> yeah. Pick six. Um, six. Yeah, no, I, li- I like Miami. I like what they're doing right now. I'm also curious to see. I know I'm saying Tua is, I think people are sleeping on him and everything, but if for chance Tua does struggle, you also have the compensation to make a big move for a quarterback next I, year. I agree with you, and, I, and I'm and i right there to the point of everybody. nobody's talking enough about Tua or putting enough respect on his name, but the organization clearly has by making this trade back. Clearly, they're not going to go for a quarterback because they, whatever the pick that they're going to be making, the value of taking it at three didn't make sense. So Miami was like, we'll run the table and we'll bet on two, and this may be his year. Um, I like this little side note here. It's also great to have a rookie quarterback just because of the cap hit. You can build around him. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I expect them to continue with Tua. We'll see, though. Maybe they package everything for Russell. Well, listen, right now I know Deshaun Watson's immovable, but they mm-hmm. do have they do have the trade assets to get him if he sh- yeah, that, if, if if he should be cleared of these charges. Yeah, that that situation. Time will tell how that unfolds. But uh, if if everything does get resolved and he can still play, I'm sure Miami will at least consider it. Yeah. All right. Pardon my bias. Pardon my bias. Let's go with the Philadelphia Eagles going back from six to 12, where they're going to be slated behind the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets in terms of drafting. Uh, New York Giants. Oh, sorry. Giants. My that's bad. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, well, I mean, you are behind the Jets too. That's, 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 yeah. <laughs> listen, <laughs> you're not wrong. So, <laughs> oh, well, late nights. Number one. Um, Philly, them trading back gave them the compensation of an extra first round pick next year, receiving that from the Niners, um, which means that if Carson Wentz plays well next year, there's three first round picks for the Philadelphia Eagles. Which is a strong possibility. Um, the other thing that uh, came to truth was they showed that they don't know what to make of Jalen Hurts. I want to give, like, I'm I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I'm all in on giving him a shot. I don't think I've ever seen, I didn't think I'd see that response to a player coming into a game as I did with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, he has all the upside and has been done very well in facing adversity. And he deserves a fair shot. That's basically what I'm, saying for Jalen Hurts absolutely even as a Colts fan last year in the draft I mean we talked about this off mic um, when the draft was actually going on I was a huge advocate for them at least grabbing him in the second round I I really wanted Jalen Hurts I think he would have fit very well the guy's a dog 
he's been constantly knocked down and he seems to get up and in a quarterback that's a great trait to have i think under the right system he can succeed mm-hmm. uh, just my two cents right there with you and if siriani you know because siriani seems to be um i've seen some of siriani's plays from his collegiate days that has nothing to do with his coaching, but you have the experience of having him there as your OC. And mm-hmm. I don't think he, I think he's not getting enough um, respect on his name. And obviously he's going to have to earn it, but the truth remains that as a whole, the Philadelphia Eagles aren't sure about Jalen hurts. Also this lessens their chance at Kyle Pitts. And I also think that the part of the reason that, and this also feeds into the Bengals drafting Jamar Chase, that that's why they traded out of the sixth spot was Jamar Chase isn't there and that's the guy we want. So what do we do? We add more picks of value and we continue to move up and build um, for the future with future assets. On the other note, it also lets Jalen Hurts know that you have one year to get this right. right. You have one year to show us you're the guy. And just as big as a question as it was for us or as much of a chance as it reduces for us to draft, say, a Kyle Pitts, it brings the question, what's going to happen with Zach Ertz? Because for somebody who's discussed openly leaving Philadelphia and not sure of what the future holds, this seems a little bit peculiar for a team, especially that likes to run a two tight end set to not draft possibly the best tight end. Right and and not to knock Dallas Goddard, um, because I think he's a phenomenal athlete. But we've also seen injuries can hinder him a little too. But this could be a changing of the guard too, right? Like oh, absolutely. That, and two tight end system in Philly might be no more. That's that's very true too. But at that point, I and this goes into my next train of thought. Um, you know, I think the Eagles are going to be directing their attention to defense with this draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know constantly for years we've struggled with our linebacker position by like not addressing it at all. Uh, a yep. lot of heart, a lot of spirit. So uh, I look for us to either, if, if the Cowboys or the Giants don't take them, I look for us to look at either Mika Parsons or J.C. Horn. Both guys are respectable ads. Um, but listen this is a very tough thing to do because as somebody that wants to see the future of what Jalen Hurts can bring and for, you know, uh, the owner, Jeffrey Lewis to get involved and say, I don't want a quarterback controversy. Like I want competition, but I don't want the quarterback controversy to, to, for reports to come out and say, you know, they were trading up to try to get to Zach Wilson. Yeah, Yeah. Because, and the only reason that they didn't trade up was because, Zach Wilson wouldn't have been available to them. I think it's very significant. Like it's, it's the biggest signal you'll get that um, Jalen hurts. You got to get this right this year, man. Unfortunately you're on a short leash, even though you came in and you probably could have gone two and two out of your four starts. And none of this was your fault because you were headed to the same issues that Carson Wentz had last year. That's, that's essentially what I think of this. I don't, I'm not exactly thrilled with the messaging that they're doing to the future of the franchise but i also do think that they've built enough capital that whatever has to happen going forward they should be able to move comfortably 
And the final point of this, and we talked about him before, was um, what if they just cash this all in and Deshaun Watson walks and they decide to make that push for Deshaun Watson? That was the as and or Russell <laughs> or Russell, man. But listen, man, the reason I see this is what slowed us down and kind of like as I was listening to Rich Eisen and Adam Lefko yeah. talk about it, I was like, man, if we would have got this out on Sunday, I would have had this like first, this take first, but that's okay. Like that's part of the game, right? But yeah. um you know, it's not uncharacteristic for and it's already been said that how he wanted to put like put it all up for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Personally like it's going to be tough for Jalen Hurts to replicate the same success. I think he uh, that he had right away. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ that one. I'm gonna argue because with that. I, no, I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, the talent around him has taken a step back. Right. So he's gonna to have to elevate his play. Right. In order to succeed and stuff. Now, what I'm trying to say though is that if this backfires and this doesn't work and they go a different direction next year. Right. I think that if I'm a team who needs a quarterback going into next year and Jalen hurts is available, that's something that you have to consider. You, you make that call right away. Um, because once again, we still don't know what the Denver Broncos are going to do, but they clearly need to address their quarterback position. I believe the Houston Texans, you know, yeah, Every, everybody's on a one-year deal over there, man. Like for as, as far as a quarterback goes. But the part I was going to argue with you though is this: I think Jalen Hurts probably has a better chance coming into the season just because of the fact that last year the Philadelphia Eagles dealt with fifteen different O lines, like yeah. to start to start with, and I think that a little bit of consistency for Jalen Hurts will help that also makes me believe that the with one of these picks that they'll probably they could end up taking um Roshan Slater because yeah. you know uh Penny Swell I don't think will fall to them but should he maybe him and then you get valuable trade assets in either Andre Dillard or Jordan Mailata which if I'm them I'm keeping Mailata just because he's cheaper on the books um but which yeah smart but yeah, that's that's what it is. That's the boat the Eagles sit in right now, man. Um, a lot of questions, a lot of head scratching, a lot of uncertainty. And well, last year's the OJ and Hurt should have the asterisks. I think depending on what we actually get as weapons will show what he actually is. And I do think he deserves that shot. They have the capital at least to build either around him or around the defense right. that could help him succeed. Definitely a team that you have to keep an eye on for sure. Listen, man, and I've said this to you before, and I said it last week, we can do a whole draft show and you can watch my anxiety spike through the roof, man. <laughs> Listeners draft show live. Do we do it? Do we not? I, I know we're going to do a mock draft. I think we've kind of discussed this. Yeah. We'll figure this out. We got, we got time. We got time. We got, we'll, we'll yeah, this out. for sure. I like that. On that note, catch or fade? Catch or fade. We need a theme song for that. <laughs> oh, we do. We do. Because we just can't have our voices. Listen, anybody who's got the vocals, just send it our way. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And make yeah, fade. we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll fade your voice out too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
uh, let's do a little catch and fade here. Uh, NFL adding an additional game, catch or fade? Um, I've told you before, I'm empathetic of players. I think this is a fade because I think all they happen to do was say, you're going to play one less preseason game, but here's one more regular season game and, you know, one more international game for every team. So congratulations. You now have to travel. Like, no, this is a fade. I'm, I'm yeah. Complete fade on my end too. I, yeah, it's a complete fade for sure on my end. Um, I, I dislike it. I think it's one more game where an injury can happen, especially going into the playoffs. Um, yeah. And, and one more thing, and this affects this as a whole, like you can't finish as a 500 team anymore. Like no. you're either going to be above 500 or below it. And that's going to be like when the playoff selection comes. So like, think about it this way. If 10 and seven, 10 and seven might not get you into the playoffs this year. Yeah, exactly. That's, I don't know. It's so weird. I don't like it. I get it. I get it from a revenue standpoint, but then you have, but, but then my argument to that is you have Roger Goodell coming out today and saying that every NFL stadium is going to be full capacity come September. <laughs> Listen, that's a lie. That's that's an early jump. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's an early jump. I mean it's the same way that the the NFL network was spewing. Oh yeah, this is going to be that much greater for the players. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's I don't know. It doesn't change I, their pockets. It's a complete fade for me yeah, on this I'm one. Not, yeah. Um. Okay. Between now and the first night of the NFL draft, does another team move into the top ten? I'm gonna go with catch oh i'm gonna go with the catch i don't know an odell catch on that one yeah the one-handed behind the back yeah yeah i like that um come on now you know i've been nice on the mic since ku coach um <laughs> uh <laughs> those hands are moving eh? yeah, yeah 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 um listen i yeah no i'm gonna go with the catch on that i think that there will be one team that jumps up there's still a couple of teams that need to address the quarterback position and there's a couple teams that can afford to trade back. I mean, realistically, uh, I look. I'm looking directly at the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> like they they don't need a quarterback. I know that they might consider drafting it for the future, but it is not necessity. And usually, when your quarterback restructures his deal, it's signification that we're okay over here on this side for now. So I'm going to go with catch. I and I'll specifically say I think the Atlanta Falcons trade out in the top ten. Oh, okay. Uh, that's a hot take. I gotta drop one. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a high fade on this one. High fade. A skin yeah. fade. <laughs> yeah, skin fade. Um, no, the reason why I'm going fade on this one, I think that the teams that are after maybe the top four. Okay, who needs a quarterback right now? Atlanta's debatable. New England needs a second one. Yeah, but he's in, they're in 15. I'm talking about just top 10. Oh, in the top 10? Uh, yeah. Denver, Carolina. Denver, Carolina. Denver. Yeah. Okay, so those three teams, they have other needs that they need to, like, that they need to fill. And if the quarterbacks go early, a lot of the good depth, um, sorry, the good positional players right. who you could probably make an argument should go a lot higher than what they probably are going to go. Um, they're going to slide. So I think just in terms of needs, it's easier to fill those needs now. And then going into next year, you can look for the quarterback. So I'm going to go with a complete fade on this one. Complete fade. Last one here. Okay. So future and Bape collab. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Yeah. I swiped through it really quick. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's telling. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fade for me. Listen, um, I, I as much as I like Futures Free Bands logo, I don't really want it on a T-shirt. And the Bape sneakers have always kind of refined, reminded me, sorry, of um, like knockoff Air Force Ones just mm-hmm. with like a weird texture and pattern on them. Yeah. Um, it's a fade for me. It's sorry. Uh, you know, I know that the company will continue to sell and make billions. So who am I? I'm just one person. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, future fans. I'm going to go with a fade on this one as well. Uh, t-shirts. I mean, not my style. Sad to say, I find it a little, I don't know, a little too out there. Uh, shoes. They look horrible. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, like kind of like what you said they remind me a lot of the air force ones but like the just the texture and just the design of the shoe it just doesn't fit uh kind of looks a little i don't know it doesn't look up to value i would say what really plasticky shoe exactly so i'm gonna do a hard pass on this one and yeah good luck to future and i hope he does well with this and i'm sure there will be a market for it but not getting my dollars yeah no sorry future i'm out too but when you drop that next album um i'm here <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely definitely listen to that one <laughs> oh the Lori harvey breakup joint that's gonna be the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um you know thank you guys for listening uh once again we apologize for the delay our next recording zach i guess we're shooting for sunday again we should be targeting sunday maybe earlier i don't know yet got the easter holiday coming up so we'll see how that works out um also side note guys i have to update one thing we are not on apple podcast just yet but we are available on google play exactly so any platform besides apple we're available for for now This is 2PC. We out. Peace.